Hello and welcome to the Bose Church Podcast. I'm Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the program. Today's episode is going to cover the buying decision. So how do you know what to buy and when? And then we know that when it comes to the audiovisual needs of a church, that these are big and important purchases. So we want to give you a good framework for how to approach them, regardless of your budget or current facility situation. So where do you start? What factors do you need to consider? And all of that sort of thing. So we're going to try to answer those questions to the best of our abilities today. And joining me today for this episode, of the podcast are two experts in this area. First, we have Don Allensworth, president of the New Ground Group. Don is known as one of the top strategic church transition specialists in the country, and he's really known as the church health guy. His primary focus is leadership development and helping churches reach people, and we've been blessed to have Don's insight on all of the Bose Church podcast episodes so far. So, Don, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thanks, Tyler. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you. And also joining the show today is Brandon Kahn. He's the senior audio engineer on this central team who designs and implements standards and training for all campuses of Gateway Church. Brandon has 20 plus years of audio experience, including audio recording, mixing, design, installation, and training. And we're fortunate to get his expertise on the podcast today as well. So Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Tyler, for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure to have both of you on the show, and uh, I I know that each of you brings uh, just a lot of expertise in this area. So, uh, Don, just to lead us into the conversation today, why don't you lay out some of the goals and what you hope people can learn from the conversation? Well, we understand that that most churches have budget constraints when it comes to buying decisions related to technology. Regardless of the size or budget, it seems like there's always an additional need there. And so, for us, for me in particular, stewardship is not about just the most economic system. Stewardship is about getting it right the first time. And and so how do we know uh, where to start? How does the church know where to start? Equally as important, I believe it's, you know, how do they know what not to buy? You know, what is it they don't need? And so we want to work through today and begin to kind of unpack how to get there, how to know what you need to know uh, and move forward. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that we have some some really uh, some really good goals laid out for the podcast today, and we hope that uh, that it is educational, informative, and helpful for church bodies across the country who are looking into making these decisions. And Don, one of the things that you've always said is that you always start with audio. So walk us through why that is, and why start with audio. Well, audio is in the air uh, typically three to five times longer than projection or lighting or even your front of house gear, and so. You know, uh, primarily we know we have to get audio right. Uh, people will uh, listen a lot longer if your audio is good, if it's uh, not clear, or if your acoustics are bad and there's not first generation audio uh, getting to each ear at the same time, then they start looking for a, a disconnect as we've talked in former uh, podcasts. And so we've got to get it right. It's in the air longest, it's a big expense, it's difficult to add to. Um, and we understand that it's it's a critical uh, element in connecting people uh, in worship and compelling them through the spoken word, which is our goal of our church gatherings, right? And so we, we focus there uh, and we, uh, we start there. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's one of those things that um, given all of the different factors when it comes to when it comes to audio, you, you have to get it right, right? And, and it's, it's not the easiest thing necessarily to nail down, right? And so that's why it's helpful to have the guidance of experts and people like Brandon who, who has experience in this area, right? So tell us a little bit about Brandon's experience and what he brings to this, uh, to this episode of the podcast and some of the insights that he can bring. Well, I've known Brandon for the past eight years or so, and I believe him to be one of the best leaders and, and audio guys, you know, on the console I've ever worked with. He's, he's an equipper of men and women. He um, is a trainer, uh, is tremendous with volunteers, 
very humble like the rest of the team that he works with there at Gateway. And uh, most importantly, he's really invested in his family and in the church and loves what he does and, and realizes the ministry that he is able to help accomplish each week, week in and week out. And so um, it's, uh, he's, really a, he's really a gift to, to, for us to have today. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we're lucky to get Brandon's insights here. So Brandon, what happens when audio is not right? We heard Don talk about why it's so important and why we start with audio um, and why it's so important in bringing the congregation together and, and hearing the spoken word and experiencing, um, you know, just everything that a worship service has to offer. So what happens when the audio is not right? Well, yeah. So we all know people turn around when the audio is not right, right? They look at the sound booth. So we're the guys that, that everybody looks at when it's not right during the service and whatnot, but we're not necessarily the guys that uh, installed and implemented the system uh, per se. So that's kind of the first thing that I see is obviously when you don't get it right, the congregation notices. Obviously, you're going to spend more money down the road when you don't get it right. You're just like Don said, you're going to completely be redoing it year after year, adding maybe even adding more gear that you don't even need. Yeah, so when you don't get it right, uh, a lot of things can happen, budgetary reasons. That's why it's important, I think, to, um, on the front end, look at what you have, look at the content that's on the stage, um, get a plan together, and, and go from there. Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the other you know, byproducts of when the audio isn't right, like you mentioned, is people turn around, people look at the guy in the sound booth, and, and uh, it, it distracts from what the purpose of the worship service really is about, right? And and that that's another big thing, I think, for churches is you want to eliminate as much distraction as possible, because when people gather, when people come in, you want your focus to be on, on as Don mentioned, the, the message, the worship, and, and really just the central message and, and theme of Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's difficult when, uh, when there are audio issues absolutely so Don we, we mentioned you know where should a church start we wanted to give everybody a, a starting point of where you begin along the path of making these types of decisions so let's let's hit that topic where should a church start when it comes to making these types of decisions you know I think it needs it starts with what their need is right I mean is it a church plant is it a multi-site church are they remodeling or upgrading a room are they you know replacing their their audio or is it new construction and, you know, for each one of those areas, you need to start with, you know, your infrastructure, your power conduit to make sure you have accessibility, rigging, uh, you know, all of those things. But, but quite honestly, what we see a lot is we'll walk into a room and it's like an archaeological dig and there's layers and layers and layers of technology. And as, as Brandon kind of stated earlier, you know, we'll, we'll see the original PA and then there'll be, you know, more subs and, and more loudspeakers on the, sitting on the stage and it becomes... Uh, more is not better. Let me put it that way. And so, you know, you can't afford to get it right the third time. So how do they get it right the first time? I'm a huge proponent on of designing the room, uh, whether it's a small room, a large room, of designing the room to uh, to really know what it needs. And so uh, like Bose Program Modeler, they will come in and help uh, design your room. They've done three for me in the last few months. Have been great. They put the science behind it. We can see that the the different views, uh, the different uh, decibel levels, sound pressure, and understand what is needed for that space. It helps us also, you know, acoustically. And, and quite honestly, if we start there, especially if we're remodeling or there's new construction, then that audio, acoustic panels, all of this. So I think that's where we start. I think that's why uh, it's important to, to really start with a good design and, and utilize some of those tools that are out there available. 
Absolutely. Like you mentioned, there, there are tools out there that are that are available and there are experts that are able to, to help uh, in, in the process of making these types of decisions. Um, and I think that it's, it's important to know what the options are and what some of the considerations are when it comes to uh, source materials, uh, sound pressure, budgetary constraints, things along those lines, right? So, um, so Brandon, in, in, in your experience, how do you how do you walk through that? Or, or Don, if if that's something that you wanna you wanna dive in on, how do you begin to walk through some of those factors and some of those questions that need to be answered as you uh, consider these sorts of things? I was just gonna kind of tail on to what Don was saying. I think we tra- transitioned nicely into it. Was you know from from my side of things, Don's Don would be heavy like in the design process. And, um, you know, the building acoustics and all that good stuff. And um, on the front end, I think something kind of new that is you're seeing more often uh, come to the table is, you know, the worship departments and your tech departments kind of feeding in what's the material in the room, whether it's a classroom, uh, a children's space or an auditorium. You know, those three different areas are, are different. And so knowing what the content is going to be will help drive and help set up that budget and help, at the end of the day, set up what gear is going to be uh, placed in the room. I completely agree. We, we start with the end in mind. What is our goal? What is the, the outcome that we hope to achieve? And we've got to start with what kind of service they are having. Is it, you know, is it spoken word only? Is it a different type of worship? And then from there, you know, what type of worship are they, uh, do they typically have? And then from there I go to what is the extreme? How, what's the most radical way this room could be used. And then, you know, we, we understand that we've got to, we've got to start there and design from there and work backwards. I've got a really good example. Actually, Brandon and I were looking at a room uh, working on this past uh, couple of weeks. In that room in particular, if the room would have been able to been designed by the architect 26 feet narrower, the seats could have been added to the back. We would have been able to reduce the audio cost in that space by about 18%. Uh, and so just there's so many things that kind of educate the, um, the need. And so starting there, understanding what that need is, then looking at, you know, are you designing the room or can you have impact on it? Or do you have to, or is there something you have to work around? Um, I think that's I think that's really really key, but we have to start with the end in mind. Right. So, Brandon, you know, we, we know that not all pro audio equipment is created equal. We address the different types of audio technology in previous podcasts, and know that one type of speaker is not right for every application. Right. So, there are different ways to accomplish a quality experience, and dozens more to creating poor a poor experience, as we know. So, you're the A1 audio engineer. Um, so, what do churches need to be looking for and listening for? In other words, what makes for great audio? What what does that sound like as someone who is an expert in making sure that things sound good? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, when when I think about going to an event, obviously, I want to hear clear audio from, you know, the lowest range to the highest range that a human could hear. I want to hear those those frequencies equally dispersed, you know, and I want to have full control of the PA um, and plenty DB, plenty headroom as well. So, Gear-wise, that's what kind of I'm looking for, for the space, for it to accommodate the space that it's in. And, you know, as people come and go, uh, I say this a lot, if, if you go to a service or an event and you leave, I want you to have an immersive, you know, worshipful experience to where when you leave, you're not offended by the PA, you're not, you know, your ears aren't ringing. You just almost didn't notice it in a way. It was so good, right? So I'm looking for things like that when designing or setting up a PA. Uh, I know that acoustics and room tuning and PA tuning all goes hand in hand. So 
you know, from start to finish on a project, you know, we're looking at all of those details. Yes, the PA is important, but rim acoustics and even down to the staff using the gear is equally as important, if not more important. But, you know, having a quality PA system, quality other gear as well, placed where it, should, where it needs to be is, is key. And sometimes we see uh, churches or organizations that they may be, you know, working with a very uh, off-the-shelf department store mm-hmm. or something in another area, and that winds up becoming the, the weakest link. And so I think what, what you're saying makes so much sense, that balance. And so the system's only as good as the weakest link. And so knowing what you need and why uh, you need it really does matter looking forward, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And Brandon, you know, one of the things that I heard you mention there that I think is important also to bring up is that a lot of times in churches, it's volunteer staff that, that is helping run these systems um, and doing a lot of the work in these areas. So how does that play into uh, decision making as well when it comes to um, how things can be used and how you have to, to train a, a volunteer staff that are going to be able to, to carry out, um, you know, everything that's required for a good sounding worship service on a Sunday morning? Yeah, so I mean, it starts with uh, the heart. Obviously, you want to find you know people that really want to serve and have a good ear as well. I think that's important. And then be trainable. So you know, if you can give me someone that has those key areas, I can make them a pretty good sound engineer. So um, <laughs> you know, we're looking for that. And then uh, obviously, from the gear side of it, you really want gear that's easy to understand. Um, you know, a volunteer that's coming in once a week maybe a couple times a week, they don't have the time that a staff member would have to learn all the bells and whistles and everything. So even when it comes down to console layout, you know, having a console layout that makes sense, having a PA design that is tuned well, and maybe they have access to mutes only, you know, to where it's just easy to use. They come in, unmute the PA, they leave, they mute the PA, uh, things like that. And then if you're looking at campuses that have multi-site locations, consistency between the sites is key as well. So you know, maybe you have the same manufacturer audio console or PA, but, you know, maybe it's the scale of it is, is smaller or larger. But, you know, if this volunteer moved from campus to campus, they'd have the ability to, you know, somewhat understand and feel at home with with the gear that they that they have to work on. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go back to, to Brandon, what you were talking about a second ago and, and, and a little bit more of what, what Don was saying when it came to balance and avoiding weak links and that sort of thing. When you are looking at levels, levels is something that you mentioned earlier and people might not entirely be familiar with that, that term. What are you looking for when it comes to levels and, and how you want the system to perform? Obviously, we want it to, uh, the levels for what we do and for what I do, everything uh, outside of uh, Gateway, uh, pretty, pretty standard. Uh, you will see uh, you know, levels reaching 100, 105 dBA weighted from time to time. And, and you know, that's pretty loud. That's concert level sound. So, you know, the, a very, very wide dynamic range is uh, is pretty useful, I would say. You wouldn't want to be clamped down if you walked into a room and only have a 5 dB window of headroom. So, you know, you, that's very important to have. Because uh, you don't really know what the content's going to be. If it's spoken word and you're down in the 70, 80 dB range, then your live worship or concert level, you know, upwards in the mid hundreds. Uh, and it's, if it's dB uh, C weighted, it's going to be a lot higher than that. So, you know, you want to have plenty of room to go there if you need to. So that's a, that's a huge thing, I think, in, uh, in PA design. Yes, it, it, uh, if I can interject there, it, it often see, you know, what the, what's the minimum we can go in with? And when you go in with minimum, you know, t- 
traditionally these systems are pushed harder and then they become more sharp, more harsh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we're introducing more, more audio into the room in the wrong places. Whereas if we've got a, a really well-designed system that's full, you know, you can pull it back and, and, and let it run when it needs to. Uh, and you can, you can really uh, be much more successful with clarity, especially volunteers. Um, you know, so I think that's, I think that's a critical point to make as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really critical point, Don. And um, yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So we mentioned earlier just the, the starting point. Where should a church start? Uh, so when it comes to making decisions about PA, you know, microphones, all of the equipment, and as Don mentioned, uh, you know, you're only as strong as as the weakest link in a system. Where does the church start, uh, Brandon? And you know, I guess it comes down to answering a few key questions like, what's the goal? What kind of service do you want to have? That sort of thing, and 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 then go from there. There, right? Yeah, it really does de- determine, uh, you know, it's all determined by what's going on in the room. Obviously, if you have just a pastor, um, you know, you start with good wireless gear, start with a good headset. Maybe it's a headset that the pastor keeps with them all the time, so it's not used by other people. Um, just maintaining your gear that way, uh, making sure the, the mic is great quality and the speakers are great, great quality. You really can't, you wouldn't want to have lower quality and then higher quality or the reverse. So, you know, maintaining a consistency from mic to PA or from DI box to PA really should be good quality throughout, even even cabling um, and how it's wired and, and the stage boxes that you use. So it all plays a part for the for the big picture. And as far as what gear to use, you know, if you're a church that that doesn't have a tech leader and it's just a pastor, you know, it's a big burden on the pastor to come up with, well, what do I use? Uh, I have no idea. So, you know, you can jump on the web, you can go on YouTube. There's resources all day long on online, but I recommend finding that local dealer or even engineer that can come over to your, your site and give you some pointers of some gear to, to use um, and then come up with a standard. You know, if you're going to have multiple church buildings, try to come up with some sort of standard gear list. Um, that would be well implemented from place to place. And then also have a standard of, hey, here's what we're going to do in this building or this room, and we're not going to exceed that. That way the ministries come in and they kind of know what to expect. Hey, this room will only do two two inputs and a headset, mm-hmm. or this auditorium has a, has, can do a full band, multiple channels. So knowing what you can do in each room, coming up with a standard to implement it on paper, you know, to show everybody, and then having great gear from mic to PA is, is, is key. And Tyler, I, I would also say it's really important for the church to look at the buying decision as a package, even if they're purchasing, you know, different elements over the course of a couple of years. The, that way it's, you know, they understand, they know what they need and why. And so getting that, you know, that help is, is really key. Um, and then looking at it as a package, even if they can't afford it all, they can make an educated decision about what they can do when and then how they can budget toward that. And I'll go back to even, you know, like Bose is a great, is a great partner in the church with the church in this regard. They, like I said, they've done uh, three different designs for me uh, in this past few months. And, you know, the amount of information that they are able to provide, you know, they start with, again, same thing we've talked about source material, you know, and then, you know, what is the sound pressure goal? And then what are the budgetary constraints? You know, we're, where do, where do they need to land? And so finding a manufacturer or an integrator that you can trust is really, really key. And then, and then having developing a good plan and working through that. Through the modeler uh, software system, that they, uh, they, they generate these reports for, for me, for us, for churches. 
they're, they're providing direct field coverages for worship, uh, direct field coverage for speech intelligibility, which is incredibly critical, right? Because a lot of churches sound good in worship, but just spoken word is tough. Mm-hmm. And so getting them both right, they, they point out where speaker placement should be, the heights, the locations, provide a rigging report, um, and all the requirements. And so it's a, that's a great place to start. Uh, finding a, uh, an integrator or a manufacturer that you can trust um, that will work for you. And so often, you know, those things are done complimentary for churches. That's great. I also add that having that modeler type program, you know, being able to show visually to a staff what's going to be put in a room is huge versus just saying it's going to sound good, right? Or it's going to be good. So I think it's what Don was saying there is huge. It's it's a big key to the puzzle is is having some visuals for staff to be able to kind of say, oh, that's how it's going to look. That's where it's going to be placed. Um, in the room so they can start to kind of see. I think visually, that's always a th- another thing that comes up. Or the, is the PA going to be in front of the screens? How's it going to cover the room? You know, where are the hot spots and dead spots going to be, if any at all? Absolutely, because all, all of these... All of these decisions and all of these uh, factors are going to uh, weigh in when it comes to uh, you know how the system is going to sound in total, right? You can't just hang speakers where they're going to look the best, right, Brandon? And and right. uh, you know where you place the PA and uh, the acoustics and how you design a room. All of these things are, are going to be a factor in the overall sound of a service. That's right. Yeah, placement is key. You know, programs like that will help kind of identify where they should be so that the thing can be modified with power and rigging and stuff like that to accommodate. Well, the more we can keep off the back walls, you know, anything above, like, say, seven feet on a back wall is, I mean, all that does is introduce issues into the room. So a, a good design lets you know where hot spots are, where gaps are, and it lets, you know, lets you, like with Arena Match Utility in particular, let you uh, wash that the space and put audio where you want it and pull it away from where you don't. And that, that helps. That in and of itself is worth uh, the effort to go through it. I mean, it, it that's what tightens a room up is when, you know, things are where they're supposed to be and you're, uh, you, you've got audio in the areas that needs to be and, and you're keeping it away from the areas that don't. We don't think often about where audio is going and it shouldn't, but that really creates the majority of the problem in our churches today. Mm. Yeah, I think people can see visually like screens and lights really well. Hey, this is pointed there. This is the screen and it looks like that. But um, I've even heard people joke before, like, we're going to lob the audio, you know, or whatever. And I'm just like, whoa, you know. So audio is just a whole different animal. It it seems to like need more control and more attention uh, when it comes to how it reacts in the room versus anything else. So I think we've given people a, a lot to chew on and a lot to digest when it comes to this. If you had to distill things down um, into uh, kind of a summary of what you hope people learn and take away from this today, Brandon, what, how would you kind of distill things down into maybe a summary of, of how to walk through these decisions, where to start, and, and, and those sorts of things, the questions that we've answered? How, how would you kind of distill it down today? Yeah, I would just say um, look at what you're going to be doing in your room. And come up with not don't come up with a design on your own. Bring people in, bring integrators in, companies in to do a design with you and the budget analysis with you and to figure out here's what we could put in the room and this is what it's going to perform like. You know, that's kind of like the first thing that I would hope they would do. Um, you know, budget's a, a huge work, right? So the budget numbers are always driving that that in the, in the content to do those key things. And then, you know, once the system is implemented and installed, obviously 
you know, if you, if you have great volunteers or know someone local to come in and to help you keep that system maintained and um, running well, I think that's key as well because it could go downhill quickly uh, if they're if it's not maintained. Um, you know, many times I walk into a church that that they think they need to add more gear. They've been told they need to add more gear when really they need to just take away some gear or kind of reset the console or retune the PA. And so it's usually something simple like that. So finding that resource, finding that local person to help you along for those pastors that need that, I think is key as well. Don, what about you? Is there, is there anything uh, that, that you would kind of kind of uh, distill down to maybe a bite-sized chunk that would allow people to uh, to walk away with, um, you know, with the summary of, of everything we've covered today? Sure. I, I would say start with what your needs are and, and really begin to understand your needs. Uh, I would caution uh, pastors against, you know, looking over the road at a different church that, you know, maybe has a different worship or a different uh, attendance a different crowd and trying to just mirror what they do, make sure that it fits what your needs are and hold on to the ideal. Uh, reach out to people like me, um, others in your area, and, you know, let us let us help you know where to start and get started and, and so that you can get it right the first time. It's it's worth the investment. And, and here's my statement. You had rather want equipment you can't have than have equipment you don't want. And uh, one size doesn't fit all. So be patient, take that time. And, uh, and talk to people, really just talk to people and make sure, for me, I've, I've intentionally not become a dealer in any product or brand over these last 15 years. I'm, I'm completely independent and I do that because I wanna make sure that I am meeting the needs of the church and the client rather than trying to sell something that's easy for me to sell. I don't sell anything. And so really just make sure that, you know, that you're working off that ideal and that you're seeking those resources um, that you, know, you think can help. Reach out to Bose Church, reach out to Bose Pro and, and ask for help from them. They'll align you with someone in your area if you don't have anybody. They'll help with room designs, those kinds of things. I mean, there are manufacturer resources out there that they would love to be able to provide and help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for anybody listening to this podcast, you can go to pro.bose.com forward slash Bose Church. That's pro.bose.com forward slash Bose Church. And there they have professional audio tips, exclusive promotions, exclusive content, and free consultations. Um, like Don was mentioning, just resources at your disposal that you can use as you make these decisions. Uh, because there's a lot to think through and there are a lot of factors and a lot of things to consider as you heard Don and Brandon talking about. And so um, there are resources out there that are available to you. And uh, this is one resource at pro.bose.com forward slash Bose Church, uh, where you can get some of that information and some of that expertise that is out there that can help you make uh, these decisions and walk through these factors. And so, uh, Don and Brandon, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the Bose Church Podcast and for sharing your expertise and your insights. Uh, I think it's incredibly valuable for uh, for churches around the country, around the world, really, uh, to help make these uh, these difficult decisions and these, uh, these uh, of course, extremely big investments when it comes to uh, audiovisual technology. So, guys, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Take care, Tyler. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Bose Church Podcast. We appreciate you listening very much. Remember pro.bose.com forward slash Bose Church. And there you can get more uh, resources. You can hear the rest of the podcasts in this podcast series as well to hear uh, more just about equipment breakdowns and things along those lines. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.